What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Right now, when you think of safety for elderly people, you think life alert. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, people are living longer. You know, life alert is targeting people who are like 60 and older. Mm-hmm. People who are 60 now don't consider themselves Oh, old. yeah, they don't. <laughs> and so they are not going to want to wear this big, bulky red button around their neck. It's kind of a stigma of getting old. Exactly. When people aren't feeling old at these yeah. ages anymore. Mm-hmm. So not one life alert doesn't have certain features that a lot of features that tan tech does but even if it did it's not useful if you're not going to wear the product yeah all right so unless you've been living under a rock i'm sure you've noticed the plenty of conversations surrounding ai uh, platforms like chat gbt um, robot dogs robot police officers being deployed in, in various places there's a lot of crazy stuff going on right now and let's be real most of it is not making everyone feel very comfortable or very safe uh, well, our guest today is actually doing something that not only is is amazing, is futuristic, that something that I think is dope, uh, but actually is something that I believe would truly keep us protected and is concerned about our safety. Uh, so our guest today is Jillian. She is the founder of Tan Tech. She also is a graduate of Harvard Law School. So I'm really excited to talk to her today. Uh, she's a criminal defense attorney living in New York. Uh, so we got a lot of really cool stuff to talk about her technology and what it's doing and going to be doing even more to basically allow us to have greater safety. Uh, so Jillian, thank you so much for being here at Texas New Black. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we, we literally just uh, saw each other <laughs> Two or three months ago at, yeah. uh, at Afrotech, yeah. uh, shouts out to shouts out to Afrotech. Uh, everybody caught a bug that we were literally talking about. Everyone caught some different <laughs> uh, type it was, of bug. Yeah, it was worth it. It was a good time. Yeah, it, was, it was, it was good worth it. But yeah, yeah we all it, it was. Everyone left out a little sick. But yeah, 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 yeah. We still loved it. It, it was definitely a good time. <laughs> and yeah, we actually you had reminded me when we saw each other at Afrotech that we like had met before. Is that right or am I tripping? I don't remember that okay. but maybe but you used to live here though right i did i okay. did i'm from atlanta okay maybe that's what it was i think it's one of those things where you're talking to so many different people right and right, i think right. when you were like yeah i used to live in atlanta my mind probably mixed it up with someone else saying yeah we met before or whatever Fair. but um there were yeah, so many cool. people there yeah. yeah so as y'all can see uh most of these conversations are not super scripted so that's why there are opportunities for me to embarrass myself like i just did right there uh but nevertheless really excited to talk about um just uh, jillian's story and uh yeah let's let's go ahead and uh, and get into it you have gone from harvard law school graduate to a founder of a personal self-defense tech startup which is i think is so dope uh but what led you to go to harvard law in the first place yeah so you know i always kind of had this interest in law 
Um, when I was in undergrad, I started working at a law firm pretty early on my sophomore year just to kind of get my feet wet, see if I liked it, see if it was something I wanted to do. And it clicked for me. Um, and the firm that I was working at at the time, my I, my boss and I, it was a really small place, so we got really cool over the years. I worked there until I graduated from undergrad. Mm-hmm. And when it came time to apply to law schools, I was applying to these top 14 schools and I was getting into everyone that I was applying to and I would let my boss know, keep him updated. And he was like, why don't you apply to Harvard? And I was like, ah, they don't waive the fee waiver. So, you know, it's not, I was not gonna apply to Harvard because they didn't waive the fee. And I was like, I probably, I probably wouldn't get any anyways. You know, uh, you have that doubt. And I think yeah, that- it's Harvard, that's a big deal. It's yeah. Harvard. And I think too, just, you know, black men, black women, sometimes we just doubt ourselves. Yeah, we don't definitely. Th- we don't think that we're supposed to be in those spaces. And my boss at the time said to me, if I pay the application fee, will you apply? Mm. I said, okay. Yeah. I applied 10 days before the deadline and I got in. That is dope. Yeah. That is super dope. So I guess what was your experience like there? It was really great. Um, it was It was a, you know, a different experience. I went straight through from undergrad to law school. And mm-hmm. so I was like coming out of college, going to Harvard of all places. I was like in this super focused mindset. And um, it just, I found that it wasn't as crazy as I thought it was going to be. I thought I was yeah. going to get there. And it's like, you're not sleeping anymore. You're up every night in the yeah. library until 3 a.m. And just wasn't my experience. You yeah. know, it was challenging, but it also taught me too, like, you're managing your time like yeah. you focus on what you need to focus on and you get it done i, yeah. I loved it i thought it was a good experience yeah. um and i felt like i got to do some really cool things while i was there that's super dope you know i've heard people uh different um various people like uh, jordan peterson who's a um he's a clinical uh, psychologist he's talked about sometimes the difference between um a harvard versus another college or university that might not be as popular. And of course this isn't true for, for all, but he said, he said oftentimes it's more so the brand uh, mm-hmm. than it even is. Of course, still let's put respect on Harvard's name. Uh, there's still, still you have to work hard. There's still a lot that comes with it. Uh, but I think that's part of the intimidation. Again, it's just an assumption. Part of the intimidation that people think like, oh, I might not be able to do it is because of the prestige that comes behind it. But it, as long as, and I mean, tell me if you agree or disagree, as long as someone, and maybe this kind of relates to the tech industry or relates to like other industries where it can seem so intimidating. But it's like, hey, as long as you manage your time, as long as you work hard, you know, all of those different things that, you know, it find just like you found out like, hey, this actually isn't that like overwhelming. Right, yeah, I definitely think getting in was one of the hardest parts. Um, You know, I was already in the school mindset since I was just coming from undergrad, Mm -hmm. and it feels very linear. I mean, once you're in, you know what you have to do. You have exams coming up, you have to read, you have to study, it's a clear path of what you need to do. I think it's a little bit different as I navigate this startup world now, it feels, there's no clear path. Everyone goes at it a different way. And that's been a little bit more challenging because it's like, you have to figure it out. You have to grind. What works for them isn't going to work for you. Mm -hmm. Just because it didn't work for them doesn't mean it's not going to work for you. Mm -hmm. You have to kind of create that yourself. So it's a little bit more of a unique path that you really have to like have that heart to keep going. I felt like law school, you have to have that grind for sure to get in. Mm -hmm. But once you're in, it's like, I have to keep doing what I was doing that got me here. Yeah. I need to study and focus. And it's like, if I do that, I'll do, you know, I'll do well. 
Yeah, I think, um, and it, it, this is an assumption, but you strike me as a like a, a type A person or a person that likes uh, structure, <laughs> yes, uh, things uh-huh. like that. And um, it's so interesting seeing the two different types of entrepreneurs, where they're the entrepreneurs that are much more kind of free flowy, much more just kind of creative energy, and then there are others where it's like. You know, again, it's like, yo, structure, things mm-hmm. like that. Almost like the difference between a uh, a, a Tim Cook versus Steve Jobs, where mm-hmm. Steve Jobs was very creative, just kind of all over the place. And then Tim Cook is much more just he's much more structured. And it's like the irony is that both can be successful as Steve Jobs obviously is one of the, the greatest, you know, creatives and technology creators of all time. But also Tim Cook being more of a type A person, he's not as creative, but Apple's become more successful under his under his lead. So mm-hmm. I love like someone like yourself who who is so big on structure, but you still being like, hey, I'm still going to do this thing and I know I'm still going to make this work. So I think that's super dope. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And just being open to, you know, you're not always going to have structure in startup life. There are going to be ebbs and flows and you're going to be constantly learning new things and that's been fun too, like adapting to that and just like learning as I go. Hey y'all, we have some incredible, incredible news that I'm super excited about to finally announce our private tech community. Yes, yes, you heard that right. A private tech community exclusively for you all who want more than just the podcast. You want more than just the FAQs. You want to talk with tech recruiters. You want to talk with with hiring managers. You want to talk with coaches. You want to talk with people that can help with editing and rewriting your resume. Maybe you're somebody where you just want to be a part of a community where we're talking about updates of what's happening in the software industry. Y'all, this community that we've launched is also going to involve a Discord where we're going to be talking about updates in tech. We're going to be talking about companies that are hiring. We're going to be talking about upcoming tech events. So that way you don't have to miss any of the gems that I know, but not even just what I know, but the gems that friends of mine that are also in the tech industry know as well. So if you want to be a part of that community, go ahead and sign up so that way you can join us. We have a few different tiers. Ultimately, it's all tuned in for you. Oh, and last thing, also within this community, we're going to be streaming all of our interviews with our podcast guests. So instead of you having to wait months to watch the videos later on, you will actually be able to watch the interviews in real time and ask your live questions to those guests. So make sure you join our tech community. Okay, so so speaking of that, so Harvard Law, you are a uh, criminal attorney. Yep, so I do commercial litigation and criminal defense. Okay. So do a little mix of both. Okay, a little mix of both. Yeah. Um, and you do that in New York. So so within that, how did the transition from that to Tantech, how did that come about? Yeah, so I actually had the idea for Tantech in law school. Um, I was in my final year, getting ready for my final spring break. And I wanted to do a solo trip. Mm-hmm. Um, it was going to be my first solo trip, first trip out of the country. I was planning to go to Paris. I did go to Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I told my parents about this, they were worried. I'm yeah. the youngest in the family. I'm the only girl. So needless to say, they were not thrilled. Yeah. And Paris, it's not a dangerous place. I felt like, you know, I'd spent summers in New York. Like Paris felt like, you know, it's, it's yeah, nothing. It's, it's the city of love. It's a, it's it's a, yeah, what's, what could like, happen? Um, but seeing their reaction to it, it got me thinking like, 
what if something did happen to me? I'm going over there by myself. You know, I never wanted to end up in a situation where something happened to me and nobody knew what that was. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as I'm getting ready for my trip, I'm looking at options. I'm looking at kind of safety devices that are out on the market and they all require you to call for help yourself. And I started thinking, what if I can't? So that really birthed the idea for Tantech and really started thinking of a lot of different scenarios for how it could be helpful. Um, That also led me to thinking of people with Alzheimer's dementia. My grandmother has Alzheimer's. And I would see firsthand how she would wander and get lost in those early stages when she was still living on, you know, self-sufficient at her Mm -hmm. own place. Um, You know, she'd get in the car to run an errand and midway through the trip, she kind of slips out of her right mind and she's lost and we don't know where she is. Um, So Tan Tech is really something to give people that peace of mind and call for help, alert your loved ones, even Mm -hmm. when you can't do it yourself or you're not aware that you're even in danger, like someone with Alzheimer's. Yeah. Yeah. Man, so so you you said something a moment ago. You were talking about how the the only solutions you were able to see is that people would have to like call themselves for help. But what does Tantech provide that's different than someone trying to pull out their cell phone or trying to find like a local payphone to call for help? Like how does Tantech or, or the other example you gave with your grandmother, like mm-hmm. how does it provide a, a solution that is superior to that? Yeah, so Tantech, it still has those manual triggering features. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea too is it, it's in the form of jewelry. So it's discreet, it's stylish, it's something that you actually have on and will yeah. have on with you more often than something that you're rummaging through your purse for. Yeah. Um, but it also has automatic triggering features that in oh, cool. a variety of scenarios can send out alerts, you mm-hmm. know, based on the kind of situation that you're in. Um, and it can send out alerts to your emergency contacts without you having to do it yourself. So whether it's someone who has Alzheimer's and they wander and don't make it home, that could send out an alert. Whether you're out at, you know, out somewhere and you're supposed to be with your phone and something happens or something happens to you, yeah. that can send out an alert. So it's a lot of scenarios where you're able to call for help and let people know that you need some attention, you're mm-hmm. not okay, even when you can't say those words yourself. That is so dope. I love that so much. I was literally telling the team um, when we were kind of going over the, the the guests that we're going to have today, and I was telling them how excited I was to, to talk to you about this. I was like, man, this is such an incredible, um, incredible thing. So when so you you mentioned manual alerts, you mentioned automatic with jewelry. Is it like someone? Uh, and, and if if there are certain things you don't want to be shared for whatever reasons totally fine mm-hmm. but is it like like a, a button or does somebody like switch something or how does the jewelry how does someone manually make an alert with jewelry yeah so for the manual triggers there will be a paired mobile application too and they'll be able to send the press an alert in the app or there'll be a button on the piece of jewelry as well um, that they can hold and press and send that alert out yeah. to um the idea too is that we wanted it to be something that's discreet. Yeah. Um, even in situations where people can call for help themselves, there's times when they don't, you can't make it obvious that you're calling for help. Yeah, definitely. Um, you think about situations where people are getting in the wrong Ubers and they realize that uh, this is going downhill fast. Yeah. I need some, I need help. Mm-hmm. You can't be rummaging through your bag 
looking for your phone and letting the Man. driver see that you're calling for help. Exactly. But if you have a necklace that you can easily press or some jewelry that yeah. you can easily press and send a silent alert and mm -hmm. someone's coming to your aid and following your location, yes. that's huge. That's amazing. Because, I mean, just most attackers... They would see, they wouldn't even think anything of it. They would think, okay, even if they see someone like touching their necklace or touching mm -hmm. like their bracelet, they could be thinking like, oh, this is a nervous twitch. Type exactly. Of thing. I mean, exactly. I've seen people do that, do like nervous twitches where they'll touch their jewelry and do things like that. So I love how discreet that is, how subtle that is. And yeah, so it and, it and it tracks the person, like their location. So even if they're moving, it's tracking where they're at. Exactly, exactly. So it's providing live updates on where they are so someone can come to their aid. And the discreet nature of the jewelry is also really important too for, you know, older people with you might be suffering from Alzheimer's, yeah. dementia. Right now, the prime when you think of safety for elderly people, you think life alert. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, people are living longer. You know, life alert is targeting people who are like sixty and older. Mm -hmm. People who are sixty now don't consider themselves oh, old. Oh yeah, they don't. <laughs> And so they are not going to want to wear this big, bulky red button around their neck. It's kind of a stigma of getting old. Exactly. When people aren't feeling old at these yeah. ages anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's not one life alert doesn't have certain features that a lot of features that Tantec does. Mm -hmm. But even if it did, it's not useful if you're not going to wear the product. Yeah, exactly. And no one wants to have that stigma of this big red button. I'm old, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's literally, it's literally like a target. Like it's like putting like the they saying, "Oh, put a target on my back and say this." Like putting a target around your neck. Yeah, it says, "Hey, I'm an old person. I need help." And it's yeah. like no one wants that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's that's good. I, I love that a lot. So with the uh, um, with the the automatic. A feature for someone might be elderly or has Alzheimer's is it something where they would kind of walk off a certain distance and yeah yeah if they leave a certain area go out of a certain distance that they're supposed to be in mm -hmm. it can alert their loved ones like yeah. hey look they've you know they've gone mm -hmm. keep an eye on them make sure they get back if they don't you can see exactly where they are and help them man I am such a fan like I'm like yeah. a super fan of this yeah, this no, I so dope. I appreciate it. I mean, look, I think this is going to be super, super helpful for so many different people. It's yeah. just it's problems that are happening every day. Yeah, I'm getting a little emotional because my uh, my grandmother has Alzheimer's, so I'm literally just kind of thinking about that. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you for uh, thank you for doing this. What you're doing with uh, Tantech is is dope. It's fire. Thank you. Um, all right, so let's get on with the interview. Um, for any anybody who's who's listening to this. Um, don't watch the video because I don't want y'all to see me, me tearing <laughs> up because I'm a thug. Y'all don't watch, don't watch it. Just don't, don't watch it because I want y'all to see me tearing up. Yo, so one of the most in-demand roles in tech and one of the most roles that you all ask us about the most is cybersecurity. Uh, cybersecurity is one of the most uh, like recession-proof style jobs in tech. And to take it a step further, it's also a job where you can make a crap ton of money in this industry. Many of you have been asking us about the best route to get into cybersecurity. There are a few different routes that you can go, uh, a couple different boot camps that I think are really great for cybersecurity. But recently, we just partnered with one called Syntax Technologies. They are one of the most highly rated boot camps in the US. And to take it a step further, their boot camp isn't just under $5,000, but also they provided us with a unique discount to provide to our audience. So that way you all do not have to pay the full price 
for the boot camp. This also involves any discounts they might have, any special sales that they might have. You can use this discount on top of their discount, their sale. Now listen y'all, their cohorts are limited. They only have about three cohorts a year and it's on a first come first serve basis. So make sure you go ahead and sign up ASAP so you can speak to an advisor and that way you can enroll in Syntax Technologies and become a cybersecurity analyst. With that, you've given a few different uh, personal examples, but uh, realistically, like, is is this like a major issue? Is this something that's beyond just these anecdotal examples? Like, what information is out there that shows that this is something that's of mass importance? Yeah, totally. There's a lot of stats out there on safety and things related to what Tantec is trying to solve. Mm-hmm. Over half of Americans feel unsafe on a day-to-day basis, and that's, you know, walking to their car, commuting mm-hmm. home, walking on the sidewalk, these mundane everyday tasks that we have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I know just speaking from personal experience, being in New York, the kind of mental gymnastics that I go through every yeah. time I take that subway, mm-hmm. and it's so ingrained, I don't even think about it at this point. Man. Um, but I'm constantly thinking, you know, I don't wear my headphones when I take the subway anymore. I'm getting down there, I'm saying, okay, Who's behind me? Who's to my right? Yeah. Who's to my left? All right, the subway car is coming up. All right, this car has a little bit too many, there's too many men on this train and no women. That train only has one man and no one else at all. That train's empty. I don't want to get on an empty one. I mean, you're just constantly thinking through these scenarios yeah. um, and people need some way to feel like they have that peace of mind, that yeah. safety. Um, and this problem is, it's really heightened in the black community. Mm-hmm. You just you see that a lot of these issues are just disproportionately affecting our community, especially black women and girls. When it comes to kidnapping, human Mm -hmm. trafficking, um, these are really problems that are disproportionately impacting us. And even Alzheimer's, black Americans are twice as likely to develop Alzheimer's than white Americans. Whoa, I did not know that. Yeah, and so we need, you know, these issues are affecting us, you know, at an alarming rate. And on the other hand, when you look at media coverage and the kind of news and attention that pops up and really captures, you know, the nightly news, they're not our stories. Yeah, they're not. That's black, true. Yeah, black children that are missing, black women, kid, all these kind of things, those don't make the nightly news. Those don't garner these widespread, you know, yeah, social media going viral. Searches, yeah. yeah, it doesn't happen. Yeah. And I think in the black community, it's kind of, that's known. We know that we're not seeing this rep- like this representation. Yeah. And we feel as though we are the protectors of our family, of our friends, of our community. Mm-hmm. And that is something that's been ingrained in me even since I was younger. Um, I have a story when I was in high school getting ready for my senior year spring break. Mm-hmm. My mom <clears throat> came on the trip with me. She came on my senior spring break trip and there were other parents there. I was like, mom, come on. Yeah. And she went with a friend and, you know, gave me my space. But she was like, I'm coming on that trip with you because your name is not Natalie Holloway. Mm. And Natalie Holloway Mm. was a blonde white teenager who went missing back when she was 18, when she was in her senior year of high school, when she was on a trip with other students from the school national attention, widespread. I mean, years after she went missing. She went missing in like 2005. Mm -hmm. 
they were still talking about it in 2012 when I was a senior. Whoa. They were still talking about it. Um, and it's a tragic, tragic case. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, we're not saying that yeah. it shouldn't be talked about, but it's just that isn't that was, doesn't happen for that wouldn't have happened for you. Exactly. And they were talking about it then because they still hadn't found her body. And, you know, they were going through, you know, whether to kind of call it at that point, which yeah. is really just awful. But yeah. my mom was looking at that and realized, like, my baby's not going to get that attention. Like, I need to watch her. Yeah. I need to be there. That's tough. And so, yeah, I think that's a common thing in our communities. Yeah. We have to protect our own. Man, this is so incredible. You know, I've I've typically been a person where I've kind of moved around, you know, semi-freely. Uh, so, some certain privileges I have as a man uh, is that I'm less of, I have, I have like less risk of, mm-hmm. of someone wanting to, to kidnap me. But even I've noticed recently as like just even social media like with certain popularity and being out in places where i'm like man i feel it like much greater risk of someone wanting to uh uh wanting to uh attack me or wanting to uh you know even getting in certain vehicles or being in certain mm-hmm. cities i'm like man i have to be careful to not go down an alley or be in certain uh in certain areas and, and places and so i could only imagine how much worse it is like for women, but I could even see like men, uh, men taking advantage and needing something like this, and then obviously the the parental aspect, like you yeah. just touched on, and then us caring about the elderly, us caring caring um uh, about women. So this is something where I'm like, man, this is is deeply important, and I'm like, this is actually incredible, and it's actually wild to me where it's like, yo, with all the technology, all the software, everything that's happening, it's like, it's it's wild to me that this isn't something that people are not just going like almost crazy over me like hey right. this needs to be at the forefront right. of what we're using technology for not just for amenities and and us getting our food faster but it's mm-hmm. like man like us actually protecting our society us protecting our women protecting our children protecting and taking care of looking after um our uh the elderly or people that have certain illnesses 100 percent. Uh, so yeah this is dope uh you you're the the first person we've had that um where it's like it's it's hardware like it's like real like, right, cool right. technology so but it's also cool so even as a concept it's dope it's like man it's jewelry like everyone mm-hmm. i have braces on yeah, right now yeah like, yeah it's like it's, man uh so i'm going i'm going on a, a just kind of like a, a rant right now but i just it's just so dope to me thank you That's thank fire. you uh so what does the future and this is where we kind of get into a little bit of the the little sci-fi type of stuff <laughs> uh and what does the future of like personal defense technology look like? What could it look like? Especially with all the advancements happening right now. Yeah, I mean, there's so many developments and advances that are happening all the time. It's hard to even say what it would look like in three years, four, five, you know, it's just so many things are unfolding at a rapid pace. Oh, and and also we don't want to expose any future ideas and and plans. Right, 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 (laughs) right, yes. There will be always new things in the works, but yeah. no, I mean, I think that we need to get to a point, and I I believe that society is gonna move that way, where people genuinely feel safe yeah. in their day-to-day, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and that everyone kind of like feels like they're on that even playing field when it comes to safety. I mean, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, a lot of men don't have to think about the kind of things that 
women are going through and thinking through just to make it home at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And that shouldn't be the case. Yeah. Women should be able to leave their homes confident that yeah. they're gonna come back, that someone's not gonna harass them on the street, that someone's not gonna try and kidnap them in their Uber to the grocery store. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it should be very, it, it, it just should be, we should have much more yeah. of a peace, like just peace of mind. Um, so yeah, I don't know exactly what that looks like. Yeah. I know that my product is part of how we get there. Definitely. <laughs> but Definitely. um Yeah, and the other thing that's dope about it is that it's not an invasion of privacy. Mm-hmm. So because on, on one end, the argument that's been made, uh, and I'm not making an argument for or against this, uh, but understanding all different sides of arguments, one of the 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 solutions that the the government or certain government agencies have been trying to come up with is, oh hey, we're just we'll just put a camera everywhere and we'll mm-hmm. record everyone at all times mm-hmm. and again i understand arguments for arguments against it but the arguments against it are hey man i, I want a certain level of privacy right. i don't want to be getting snooped on at, at random times uh you know and so but this is something where it's not an invasion of privacy it's literally something that it's there for when you need it but it's not there just watching you you know at all times where it's like very awkward and weird a hundred percent and you have your community that is like those are the people that are watching and monitoring if you yeah. want to share things if you're sharing the sound of the location you're in if you're in danger if you're sharing your whereabouts it's your trusted community mm-hmm. that has that information i mean that's fire the criminal lawyer and me you know if we had cameras all around the place we know how that would be disproportionately used yes to come back and get us like it's just yeah. how it would go. So yeah. having your trusted community having access to that information and being able to come to your aid or send, you know, call the police if they need to get the police involved. But um, yeah, that I think that's really key that it's your trusted circle. 